Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am Wilk from Wilksworld.com. This is going to be episode 56. And this one's going to be called Sparking Change to Better the World. And you'll know exactly why after listening to this week's interview with Rick Ornelas, whose inspiring story, 20 years in the making, has been doing great things in the realm of bettering the world by helping people. Now, at the D-Rate the Hate podcast... We're all about bettering the world, one attitude at a time. We did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. What have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? Now, Rick Ornelas is somebody who's day in and day out doing wonderful things to make the world a better place. Rick's incredible and inspirational story started a couple decades ago with a near-death experience. His awakening came in the form of of a divine inspiration and awe-inspiring spiritual connection when he least expected it. He went from isolated and hopeless to writing a best-selling book in under three months while envisioning and creating an incredible future. This fulfilled the dream that he had been ignoring for years, to build a community of amazing souls to spread positivity, hope, and love while creating a ripple effect throughout the world. Rick is an author, a speaker, and professional coach who teaches men and women to unlock their amazing potential to create an incredible future and change the world around them. Rick is the author of 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World, and he's also the founder of iSpark Change, a global movement and online community of those who seek to make the world a better place, one act at a time. Rick has been featured in multiple media outlets, including national and international television and radio. He's a regular writer for Lifehack and a guest contributor for various different websites. With that, let's jump right into the interview. All right, Rick Ornelas, thank you for joining me on the D-Rate to Hate podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Hi, good afternoon, Wilk. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. So when I was looking at your profile, you know, I, I saw the positive change expert and I looked about a little bit into your background and the things that you were doing. And as you know, the D-Rate the Hate podcast, we're all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And then I saw your, your tagline, uh, bettering the world one act at a time. And I, I saw so much compatibility in what we're doing and the message that, we, that we're, we're trying to spread out there. And I was totally impressed. And I said, oh, we definitely got to get Rick on the show. So uh, I can't tell you again how, how much I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Now, when you talk about being a positive change expert and that the kind of manifested itself from a, a near-death experience, is that correct? How did how did that how did that come to play? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you kind of in in reverse. So the the positive change expert that that was something that it was one of the first podcasts I was on actually, and the the host he dubbed me a positive change expert. He gave me that name and said, you know. You, you should be called the positive change expert because that's, um, you know, that's really what, what you're doing and what you're all about. And so I said, you know what, I really like that. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. And others, others have said, you know, similar things. So that's why I said, okay, I, this, this is something I should, I should leave on there. But, but where to go back to the, you know, the near death experience where, where that, that, that story begins was, was 20 years ago where uh, my wife and I were living in California at the time which is where we're both from originally. And we had um, our two, we have three daughters, but um, 
back then we had two of them were, were born and they were very small. They were one and four at the time. And we were driving back from a birthday party. We had driven down to Los Angeles to go to a birthday party. And we were coming back and it was kind of late in the, late in the day. And it started to rain really hard where the wipers can't clear the water kind of rain and we're first first rain in, in one of those in a long time where it starts to rain and the road's really slick because it hadn't rained in a long time you know first we contemplated stopping because we saw a lot of cars were pulling off the road but it was getting late and my wife you know didn't want to be driving in the dark because she felt it's going to be you know, way worse if we you know if we waited until it tried to wait it out and then all of a sudden it was nighttime so we decided to continue on really slow well as we cruised along in the slow lane i hit a big puddle of water and we started hydroplaning and I lost control, complete control. And we spun from the slow lane all the way across four lanes, nearly hit the center divider. And then I'm trying to steer and we're both screaming and, and, um, and then somehow we start spinning the opposite direction and we spin across the four lanes back the other way. And then we go off the freeway on the shoulder up this dirt embankment and we hit a cinder block wall and the car flips over and we land back on the wheels. And as we're sitting there and my, you know, my daughters have been asleep, thankfully, and they had woken up and they're crying and, and, you know, I'm, I'm checking if everyone's okay. And, and my wife, you know, says she's okay, but the roof of the car is smushed down, you know, down to about here. Oh, and the windshield is shattered and, and the right side is all smashed and her window's broken and the car's filled with dirt and um, I think we scooped dirt when we went, hit the embankment or something. We scooped this bunch of dirt. It was really weird. And we're all unharmed. I mean, it's not a scratch. She was a little sore on the right side from the impact. But, I mean, she didn't really have a bruise or anything. And, and we, we get out of the car and we're sitting on the side of the road in the rain. And this elderly couple had pulled over. And, you know, the, they popped out and, and the, the lady brought a blanket and wrapped it around my wife. And she's sitting there holding my daughters and just crying and, and thanking God. And, and I'm talking to the gentleman and he says, you know, I can't believe that you you all got out of the car. You know, I thought for sure that, you know, they had called 911. They thought, thought for sure that we were either severely injured or, or, or dead. And we, you know, we had the kids checked out. I mean, everything just not a scratch, everything completely unharmed. And, and you know, I, I really felt like it was a miracle and then it was even confirmed the next day because you know the car was undrivable it got towed away and we you know got picked up from the hospital by my sister and you know go go back home and we have to drive back down the next day to get our things because we had been traveling so hard the trunk was filled with with stuff and and as I arrive at the tow truck yard um, the car was sitting on a flatbed right outside, right, right in the front. It was still sitting there, just all smashed on, the, on this flatbed tr truck. And, and I go inside to the office and I, and I say, hey, I, I need to get my things out of the car. And he's like, what car? And I'm like, the one that's on the flatbed, you know, the Black Grand Prix. And he's like, that's not your car. And I said, yeah, that's my car. You know, here's my ID. That's my car. And he says, no, that can't be your car because whoever was driving that, I, you know, for sure they'd be dead or in the hospital. And you know, he's, he proceeds to tell me, he's like, I can always tell what happened to the person by looking at the car. And I was like, well, I'm telling you, it's my car. You know, and I finally convinced him it was my car. And, you know, that really made me think like, hey, this is, this is kind of a big deal, you know, that we, that we survived this, that, you know, like unscratched. That, uh -huh. uh, and that's, I mean, that was, that's really the beginning, you know, the story.
which you know fast forwards to last year and everything but it all started you know like the the true reflection on my life and and true um re-examining thing and things and realizing you know i need to live better i need to right. be back closer to my family i need to treat others better there's nothing really like a, a near-death experience to really start to put things into perspective and and that's certainly one of them to see you know to be involved in something like that and and to you know to look at your wife and to look at your children after the fact and and just the amazement of you know what could have been versus what is and 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 being able to put things into perspective so let's take that journey up to up to modern day you said that after the you know the onset of the pandemic and and the the lockdown and and the all the pain and and things that were associated with that you talked about a a certain divine inspiration that came over you to to start this journey with your uh, with your iSpark Change community and let walk me through that that divine inspiration you know at the onset of the pandemic and and, and where that has brought you up to to modern day. Yeah, and thank you for asking about that because that that's really you know I mean the story it started twenty years ago but but that's really where it, it, that's that's almost like if it was a movie that's a flashback it, it it really starts you know last year where where when the pandemic had started and. And everything had shut down and, and, you know, we're quarantined and isolated. And, and I started to go in like a fearful and, and anxious place, like a, like a lot of people, right? There's a lot of uncertainty with what was happening in the pandemic. And that wasn't a very comfortable place for me because I'm, that's not the type of person that I am. I'm a very positive person. And I, I try to always look for, you know, the bright side of things and everything. And so I started to go in that place and, and I, I quickly realized I can't go there. It's not a, a comfortable place. It's not a safe place. It's not a healthy place for me, for my family, for anything like that. I, I decided to write. And so I wrote, first I wrote a blog article that um, was titled how to use COVID as an opportunity and an opportunity to grow and to better oneself and to be grateful and to be humble and to help others. And, and it reminded me of something I had written immediately after the accident. So right after the accident, I wrote um, on this, I typed out this little, this little um, list for myself and I called it a to-do list for every day. And on this list, it was things that I wanted to live by. So it was doing unto others. It was treating others with kindness and respect. It was uh, loving others and serving them and, and being grateful and being humble and and living like it's the last day, you know, of your life and any day, because, you know, cherishing every second. And, and it reminded me of that. And I actually still have a little paper that I printed out and I kept it on my desk and I, and I still have it. And I, I pulled that out and I read through that. And, and then I said, you know, I, I really need to start writing um, the book that's been in my head since after the accident, because after the accident, as I was reflecting and I had written that to-do list, um, one day I'm sitting in my car and my mother had given me a little guardian angel pin to put in the, in the visor of my car after the accident, because she said, your guardian angel protected you. So, you know, I'm going to give you this little pin. And so one day I'm sitting in my car and I'm staring up at that pin and, and I'm thinking about that list, you know, I, I kept it there and I'm thinking about that. And, and all of a sudden this story came into my head, like a, like a movie, like I had just watched a movie and it was very clear about an angel that, you know, coming down and, and helping people on earth. 
and that story has been in my head for for 20 years. And so last year, after I said I need to use this time as an opportunity, I said I need to write this book. People are struggling. Um, I need to try to inspire others. I need to inspire myself. I need to you know, write it to you know, help me get through this, and, and hopefully it, it helps others. And during the time of writing, that's where that period of that spiritual connectedness and that divine inspiration came because and I started going through the writing process just very methodical, like, okay, how do you write a book? You know, you look up and it says you write 500 you know, words, a thousand words a day. So I started typing, okay, I'm going to write 500,000 words a day and start typing. And then as I got into it and, you know, I'm, I'm like a month and a half or two months in, all of a sudden I start getting really spiritually connected and I'm writing, you know, about an angel. And so I, mm-hmm. I like the story just starts flowing out of me and I start feeling, you know, the presence of God, you know, like right there with me. Like I had never felt in my life where I just felt it so strongly, you know, like he's there, the Holy spirit, just so, so strong. And, and I was, I would wake up in the middle of the night with dreams and, and visions and this flood of ideas and during that time, which lasted about a, a month or five weeks or so, um, the writing flourished so much so that I, I finished the book. You know, just uh, I went from being about halfway done to completely finishing in, you know, like just one month more. And wow. and then um, but more importantly, I had all these ideas and I felt this calling to do more than just write that. And that's where the idea for I Spark Change came about. And that's where I felt, you know, the calling to create this, this community and movement and to start doing more work to spread positivity and, and uh, change around the world. You know, not just write a book and be done, but to, to you know, make that a, a focus you know, going forward for my life. So that 12 hour, in, in the book, if I'm not mistaken, is the 12 hours of heaven lessons for a better world? Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that one, that book came out when? It came out in October. It came out October. In, in October of last year. Yeah, we okay. the, the and quick, interesting little side story about that is so I finished writing the book at the end of July. And okay. I was I need to get this out. I wanted I wanted to release it immediately. I'm like, how do I get this out as soon as possible? You know, I spoke to a, a friend referred me to this publishing consultant who you know, had a, has a publishing company. And and she said, you know what, if you go the, if you try to if I find you a publisher, I mean, this could take a year. Or, or 18 months, you know, or two years before it comes out. And I was like, there's no way I can wait that long. Like, you know, I, I, I want to inspire people now. And, you know, this, this, my message, I want it out there. And so she said, hey, if you really commit and you really work really hard and I can guide you through the steps, then you can get it, you know, out there in just a couple, you know, few months. And so we did that. And, you know, it came out in the middle of, of October. She's like, you got it. I, I was thinking November, December. She's like, nope, you got to get it out before elections, holidays, all that stuff. So she's like, October. And I was like, um, okay. And it was a ton of work, but managed to get it done. And, you know, it launched and, you know, and it's been received really well. And, and I got it out, you know, quickly, like, like I felt I was being called to do. That's incredible. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the reviews are awesome on Amazon and, and Goodreads and, you know, more importantly than that, because, you know, that's just a tangential thing, right? You see some reviews or whatever, but more importantly than that, it's just the stories that people have shared with me is that, you know, it's given them inspiration, which I always wanted it to and hope that had it done that would do that. But then also that it's 
inspire change in people. Like I, you know, I, I have someone that told me, Hey, since, since I read that, cause one of the, one of the lessons is uh, for example, practice gratitude. And, you know, this individual, he says, Hey, since I finished reading your book, I've been practicing gratitude, you know, every day for the, for the past um, three or four months. And I was like, you know, that's awesome. And, you know, his outlook has changed and, you know, it's having a positive impact on his life. And, and the lessons are, they're, they're like earth shattering lessons. They're things that, you know, you can read, they've been practiced for thousands of years, right? You can find them all in scripture or, mm-hmm. you know, sources. And, but the fact that, you know, that it, it is having the impact that people are, are taking things like that, you know, like the, like the gratitude and putting them to use that tells me that, you know, I, I did the right thing by getting it out there. Oh, I, I think you definitely have. And, and that, that was one of the things that, that uh, I, I wanted to talk about was the lessons in that book. And, and I know you talk a lot about gratitude as I do uh, on the, the D rate the eight podcast. In fact, episode 53, I, I, uh, I challenge people to do an attitude of gratitude and personal accountability challenge. I think that's two of the biggest things that anybody can do to have a better and happier life. Um, you know, we talk about uh, what have you done today to, to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? And that that practicing gratitude, an attitude of gratitude every day, and, and not only practicing, you know, practicing it, uh, you know, to say it mentally and to say it to yourself, oh, I'm thankful for this is one thing. But I, I know you talk about journaling and and keep keeping a journal of the the things that you're grateful for. And, and then I, like I said, I talk about also personal accountability. What happened to me today that I had no control over it, but I do have control over what, what could I have done differently personally to change, not, not necessarily the outcome of the event, but change how I felt about it and how I came away from it. So I, I think, again, so much of what you and I talk about are, are very much on the same level. So talk to me about iSpark Change, your, your community, your organization, iSpark Change. What is that and how, how is that helping people as well? Well, iSpark Change, it, it's, a, it's a very simple community, a group. Um, we have the website iSpark Change where people can join iSpark Change. We have Facebook group on, on social media, same thing as iSpark Change. But what it is, is it's just a a safe place to empower individuals to spread positive change in their world, in the world, in their world, in their actions, in, in everything they do, just one act at a time. Because what I found is that there's a lot of us, and you know, I've been there myself in the past, that we want to change things, right? We want things to get better, but either we don't know how or we feel that we're just one person and what can we do? You know, we're just too small. How can I change, you know, this whole great big world was just one, one little individual. And, you know, so I commend people like you that actually, you know, take action and, and you know, try to spread, spread that. And what the community is, it's all about, it's, it's that safe place to show people, look, you're not alone. You can just, just by, just by smiling at someone, just by picking up, bringing in your neighbor's trash cans just by, you know, putting back the, the grocery cart for someone or, or, you know, letting someone go in front of you in a line of cars. I mean, just any little action like that, those all can have a ripple effect that makes changes that you may never see, you know, that, that people that, that we may never know, or you may never see, but 
the fact that you do it has a positive impact on yourself and then it will have a positive impact on the person that is the receiver the recipient of you know of, of those actions and with icebark change we you know daily on social media we share inspiration we share motivation we share tips on on how to you know spread positive change or practice gratitude or, or um, do different things like that to help um, spark change in the community but it's just to show people that they're the biggest thing about it is it's to show people that they're not alone and mm-hmm. that you know, there, there is some hope that they can you know can change that actually is it's so true that those little uh, those little acts of, of of kindness those little acts those little things that we can look for how big of a difference that actually makes you know not only for the individual but that snowball effect that you talked about you know whether it, you're you're right just just a small thing like like you know putting the cart back for for uh you know somebody at the grocery store or holding the door for somebody or you know one of my biggest uh complaints about this whole mask thing with the 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 lockdown you know i talked in in episode way back in episode 4 of of the derate the hate podcast i talked about smiles and bad moods being contagious right sometimes mm-hmm. it's just that smile that somebody needs to see, you know, you, you catch a, ca- a a passing smile from a stranger and how much that, you know, that works for people. Or, you know, you talk about children, you know, you and I are both fathers and that your child being able to see that smile on your face and how important that is, the facial features and, and, and those little things, how important that is for a child's development. Yeah, so sure. important. And then it actually, as you and I are talking this conversation, and I love this conversation, it just reminded me of something. It might be a little off topic, but it, it reminded me of, I heard a story of a guy. He started with a paperclip, right? He started with a paperclip and he traded the paperclip for something else small, something else small and meaningless because he found one person that wanted a paperclip. So he traded it for something else. And then he found somebody else that wanted that something else. So this guy kept on trading up from something so small as a paperclip. And he kept on trading it to different trading, whatever he had traded, you know, and, and just bartering back and forth with people for these little things that kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger until finally he traded his last thing he traded for was a house. Okay. So I, I know it's, it's an unrelated story, but if you think about the concept of how something small, so small can start uh, and turn into something so big, it, it really it's it's an inspiration. So those small things that we're, uh, you know, we're we're grateful for today, or there's small things that we pay pass forward to to somebody else today or tomorrow, you know, can turn into that snowball effect and turn into something much bigger than it ever originated as. You know, I'm, I'm also reminded of an organization called the Mustard Seed Foundation in Florida. I lived in Florida for several years, and the mustard seed is one of the smallest things on the planet. And, mm-hmm. but it turns into this big, amazing plant that, you know, whatever it, it, it's, it's, it's a very cool thing. And, and, uh, um, so, so yeah, for those people who think that their small action doesn't make a difference, well, that's, that's not the case because some of the smallest things can turn into the, some of the most, uh, you know, the biggest and, and beautiful things. So, which leads me right into what, uh, how, how can, how can we each make a difference each day? You know, what, what are your top, you know, top couple things that each of us can do as individuals each day to make our lives a better life and make or make the world a better place? Rather? 
Yeah, that's an excellent question, Wilk, and, and thank you for answering it. And, and the first one to say will relate to the story you just shared about the paperclip because, because I think that's an excellent analogy because so often people don't do something for another because they think of it in relation to themselves. So for example, if that individual had thought, oh, well, I don't need a paperclip. I'll just throw it away. What am I going to do with this paperclip? But that paperclip had value to someone else. So he found someone else that it had value for and was able to trade to that individual, right? So someone may say, oh, I'm I'm not going to smile at that person because I don't know them or, you know, they have a mask and, you know, I'm not going to do it. I don't know what effect, but you never know what the effect will be on that person. And so the first tip would be to not think of those actions in terms of yourself or the value to yourself. Like, oh, when people smile at me, it doesn't really do much for me. You know, I don't really care or whatever. But to think of it in terms of the potential value for that other individual. So I I heard a story from a friend who shared that, I don't think this is disclosing anything in confidence, but um, she's a therapist and she was, um, so without saying her name, she's a therapist that, was with one of her clients in session, right? And and, um, this person was not in a very good place and she shared the story. And that's why why I use this this analogy. She shared the story of someone that had smiled at her on a day where she was having one of her worst possible and most anxious and depressed days and was at a very, very low point. And that that smile was just that little bit that carried her through the the whole rest of the day just without that she didn't know what she was going to do but just that little smile and if that person had only valued it as oh it's just a smile you know what what good is it going to do for that person then that other individual would have never benefited from so the first one is you know just in summary to put it out there just take action just take action and put it out there whatever it is the smile holding the door letting the car whatever it is and let the um let the snowball, let the ripple effect, you know, go from there. That would be number one. And number two, I would say, would would go back to uh, what you're talking about with the gratitude. But it's it's looking at everything as an opportunity. So, you know, when COVID hit, initially, I started to, you know, get down, get anxious, get, you know, go in that fearful place. And then I said, what what do I have now that I haven't had before? I have time. I have a bunch of time that, you know, I've been putting off this book for years because I keep saying, you don't have the time. You don't have the time. You don't have the time to write. Well, now all of a sudden I'm stuck at home like everybody else for, you know, hours on <laughs> hours on end. You know, I can, I could either, you know, sit there and binge watch a bunch of TV shows, or I could use it as an opportunity to do something I had wanted to do for 20 years. And that's where I said, okay, I'm going to seize the moment and use it as an opportunity. So I would say to look at a tactic called positive reframing, but to take anything in your life, you may look at it as, you know, quote unquote, bad, uh, or society may may say, oh, that's a bad occurrence. You know, you got in a car accident, but, you know, maybe out of that car accident, you, you know, are able to get the car of your dreams, you know, that you've always wanted, or you're, you know, you're able to you know, use the insurance money to, to improve your situation or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And so to take anything and just look at the opportunity that it provides rather than just the incident in itself, the third, the third tactic 
is, which goes right in line with the first one, is to practice that gratitude. That in itself will have a remarkable impact on the first two. <laughs> if you do, if you do the gratitude, it'll have a remarkable impact on the first two because it it completely changes your mindset. Like you were saying earlier, you know, you have that attitude of gratitude. If you I like to do it first thing in the morning and and end my day with it. So first thing in the morning, I'll, I'll journal something. I read uh, some gratitude and I'll journal something that I'm grateful for. And at the end of the day, same thing. I read some more gratitude um, and I just use an app. I just use a gratitude app on my phone to make it easy. Anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll, I'll journal in there where I'll, I'll put, you know, something that I'm grateful for. Maybe it's something from the day. Maybe it's something that just comes to mind, but what you'll find is, you know, maybe at first you're like, oh, hmm, what, what am I really grateful for? But then, you know, at first I started doing it once a day. Now I do it twice a day. And sometimes I'll write things in there just randomly because I'm like, oh, I got to write that in there. You know, when you start changing, reprogramming your brain, you know, to look for the, the things to be grateful for, it has a tremendous impact. You know, it's funny we talk about that because back in episode 52, <laughs> and, and it's funny because each one of these things that we're talking about just, just plays so much into into what I talked about before. But episode 52, a few weeks back, I talked about the reticular activating system and oh, how yeah. uh, and and how how you know it it, it works both for good and for bad. But mm-hmm. if you're using it for good, you know each day that you look for those things to be grateful for, soon you you find yourself in a pattern where your brain starts to focus upon and find those things to be grateful for. Uh, and, and the same way would work uh, in the converse of that. If you're, if, if all you're always focused on is bad things, you know, you're, you're, that's what you're going to see. That's your life manifests itself in a negative way because that's the first thing your brain is looking for. So, no, I, I love that you make such an important point. And, uh, and, and like you said, you start, you know, start in the morning and, and you just, you know, what am I grateful for this morning? And then pretty soon, you know, you just, as you continuously do that, make that a habit, you start to find more things throughout the day and every day to be grateful for. And it just gratitude is the key to happiness. You know, you can't be a happy person without being a grateful person. I'll add one bonus thing. You just think of it when, when you were sharing that, first off, I love how you can remember the episodes. You're like, Oh, 52 or number four or whatever. <laughs> you can do that. Um, but the, to go along with that gratitude first thing in the morning is that what so many people do now, and especially in the time where, you know, we were all stuck at home, is that what's the first thing people people do? They grab their phone. They grab their phone first thing in the morning, right? A lot of people use it for their alarm clock and, you know, and so right away, grab that phone. And then from there, you know, dive into social media or dive into your email or dive into all these things. And so the world is going to give you all the negativity and all the you know, the things that are going to cause that reticular activating system to say, oh, the world is terrible. Oh, you're going to have a horrible day. Oh, you know, it, things are, 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 you know, just getting worse and, and worse and worse. And that just primes your brain to just see all, see that all day, just, mm-hmm. just like, just like you said. And so for those, you know, listeners that heard that episode, that I would challenge them to, you know, break that habit. You know, if we, if we, if I can add on a fourth one now, it would be to break that habit of, you know, of diving into, you know, the phone and the social media and the, and the emails and, and all those, which are just going to bring you down that, 
that rabbit hole and will put your brain in a in a you know downward spiral, if you will, instead of keeping it, hey, I'm now I'm I'm tuned to gratitude, you know, you'd be tuned to everything else that you don't want to be tuned to. So important. And and the way you start your day, you know, you know, people talk about being, you know, start your day with a good breakfast. I think starting your day with good information and things to be grateful for is far more important <laughs> than a good breakfast. But uh if anybody's yeah. seen me, I'm not a health expert by any stretch of the imagination. Trust me. So, um, so with that, did I read correctly that you have a, another book coming out? Are you working on a second book? Yes, I, I, I've just I've just started that one, and, and it's uh, when I when I wrote Twelve Hours of Heaven, when I started it, I should say, when I started it, I had I guess a. a a longer story in my head, right? And then as it evolved and as I wrote, I was like, okay, this is the complete story. This is where it wraps up. But I always saw that there's there's more to the story. So it's it's almost like a sequel, if you will, um, to, to 12 Hours of Heaven. Uh, it's The working title is uh, Time on Earth, um, 12 Hours of Heaven, Time on Earth, but um, it'd be you know, the second book in the, in the series there because as, as I was, in that time, you know, just as I was kind of coming out of that time of having that flood of ideas, um, I had idea. I mean, I'd always thought of the second one, you know, when I was finishing my writing. So that was a given, but I had ideas for five additional books in the series. So I was like, oh man, now I have to write seven, seven total. You know, I have to write, I have to write six more. So I've, you know, I'm just in the early phases of, of the, the time on earth. Um, I'd like to, to, you know, um, get it complete this year. I'm working on a ton of stuff with Ice Bar Change, so that it's. Uh, I haven't been able to get the writing time like I had last year, right? I had that that you know magical time with the mm-hmm. pandemic, um, but I that is on the uh, that is on the agenda to to get that completed. Very cool, very cool. Well, I'll be looking forward to uh, to that, and and uh, I hope that I'll you know get an opportunity to speak with you again around the time that one's coming out, and we can talk a little bit more and. Uh, this conversation has been incredible and uh, I'm sure you and I could talk for hours uh, (laughs) about all the stuff we have in common and the different things, uh, different things we're trying to do. Tell me, do you have anything coming up with iSpark change? How can people get involved with iSpark change? What, uh, what, what can people do to get involved with, uh, with you, Rick and and, and your organization, iSpark change? Yeah, thank you for asking that, Wilk, because we, we have some big things that are coming up in the very near future. So uh, the the first one would be anyone can go to just the letter I, sparkchange.com, and that's where they can join. Right now we have, uh, if anyone that joins iSparkChange, they get a free download of 25 creative ways to spread positive change. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a little secret. Well, gratitude is one of them. But, you know, there's 24 other on there that, that people can utilize. Uh, and they're all simple things that anyone can do to spread positive change. So you know, if they join, they sign up on the website, they'll get that, that free download. But what, what we're rolling out is you know, a, a, big, a big part of, of iSpark change as I've, you know, in the past seven months, eight months that I've been developing iSpark change, a big message that I keep hearing constantly over and over again, is, you know, working with, with young people, working with, you know, younger generation and, you know, multiple people that I've spoken with, they're like, Hey, you really need to, you know, work with younger people. And, you know, I kept hearing that, you know, inside in my heart, in my head that I should work with younger, younger folks. 
And so I started doing more research on it and I realized that, you know, the, the Gen Z, the, you know, like 12 to 25 year olds, kind of you know, teenagers, young adults, that they were, they've been hit the hardest um, with mental health issues and stress and you know, anxiety, depression, even suicide as a result of the pandemic. It was already an issue before, but it was amplified with the pandemic. And so uh, next month, we're launching a, um, a five-day challenge um, called Level Up Your Life, uh, specifically for Gen Z. Um, it'll be a five-day uh, challenge. It'll be you know, a virtual challenge with my, myself and, and my, my co-host, who's a, who's a psychologist. We'll have you know, five days, five you know, one-hour sessions with get as many of you know, Gen Z in this group challenge as we can. And then from there, we'll, you know, we'll have some longer term coaching, if you will, if they, if they want to participate. But we're really excited about rolling out, uh, rolling out that challenge. Um, we'll have, I'll have the uh, you know, website and everything for that is, is all being built. So I'll be able to you know, put that out here soon. That'll be launched in, in middle of uh, next, about a month from now, in, in the middle of June. I'm assuming all that, that information is going to be on your icebarkchange.com website? Yes. Yes, it will all be there. Yeah, we're, we're actually, Icebark Change, we're, we're uh, redoing Icebark Change right now, redesigning the website to add some new things in there, to add like level up your life and, and add some other stuff that we'll be, we'll be doing to, to um, engage everyone more and, uh, and make it easier for people to engage with Icebark Change. Um, because honestly, right now, what we've had to do, Wilk, is we've had to keep a lot of that on Facebook, you know, in the Facebook group, because it's, and that's where people go and you know they can find it but um we we're redoing the website so people can engage there so that you know there's different resources and, and tools that they can use there on the website so that that's all coming up in the next few weeks so those are the big ones that you know i'm really excited about in the kind of you know pre-work we've done with some gen z folks they've all said that it's just so needed you know that they they really could use it and need it and so i'm hoping that we get you know a lot of um, I'll say kids, but a lot of because I'm old, but a lot of kids in this challenge, you know, a lot of young adults in this in this challenge. I think it is so important. I mean, we've we've heard uh, what did I, I, I swear I heard it today on the radio that uh, up to 51 percent, you know, as a result of uh, the lockdowns and and, and the, the, the pandemic and the reaction to the pandemic or whatever, up to 51 percent of people in that age bracket now have either attempted or have had suicidal thoughts. And wow. I mean, it, it's, and I don't, obviously not all of them have attempted, but they've, they've, they fall into a category where they, they've either attempted or they've talked about it or, or had, you know, serious contemplations of it. So it, it's, it's so important, the work that, that you're doing. And, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it because like I said, I, I'm, all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And, and you are doing uh, great things, Rick, to, uh, to better people's attitude. To better people's attitude, it takes them committing the acts like you talk about. You're, you're giving the acts that people need to, need to take part in to, to better their lives and better their attitudes. And, uh, and, I, and I just appreciate what you're doing, and I thank you very much. And, and uh, I, I, know that, uh, I know that you and I will talk again because we... <laughs> We, we have a very, very common mission and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all the things and following what you're doing and hearing about all the great things that are coming out of Life Spark Change and, and your books and, and your book series. 
Yeah, thank you very much, Wilk. I mean, it's been a pleasure to be on the show. Like you said, I think we could probably chat for a lot, a lot longer, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll save those for, you know, future episodes, episode, you know, 74 or 82 or, you know, 101, uh, where we can, we can chat about more of the other things that, that are going on. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Rick. We'll, uh, we'll catch you again. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Will. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rick Ornelas as much as I did. Uh, there are just so many ways to do so much good in this world. And Rick is definitely one that you can follow for and and learn from uh, and find different ways to do those good things, those little acts uh, that will make your life a better life. And at the D-Rate the Hate podcast, we're all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. That starts with bettering your life. You know, what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? There's all kinds of little acts that you can learn uh, from this podcast, from Rick and, and iSpark Change. It's just a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of you to, you know, get out there and do them. So when you're out there, be kind to one another. Be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. If you haven't yet subscribed to the D-Rate the Hate podcast, please do so. You can either do it at our site, deratethehate.com. You can do it almost anywhere you get your podcasts. Or you can check me out on social media. Most social media platforms will have a, a D-Rate the Hate page. So check us out. Follow us. Share us with your friends. Please subscribe. Leave a little feedback. If you've got something to say to me, go ahead and email me. Wilk at wilksworld.com got another great interview coming up next week by the way with ben Kaloy from military veteran dad podcast and uh, that's definitely another one you're not going to want to miss especially with memorial day coming up so check that out and uh again i'm gonna back on out of here